This is Town Square Sunday On Demand. And now, 1420 WBSM's Jim Phillips. The New Bedford Fishing Heritage Center continues to come up with interesting programs and fun events to area residents and for area residents to enjoy. Joining us today is the Center's Director, Laura Orleans, to discuss what's happening in August and September at the Fishing Heritage Center in New Bedford. But first, Laura, we have to talk about sea monsters, real and imagined. Sea monsters have invaded. It's uh, true. They have. Oh, you have had a lot of sea monsters stopping by Bethel Street lately, I guess. Tell us about it. So we uh, had a young man who was volunteering with us, local kid, um, who I've known since he was a child. He's now a college student. He had been helping out last summer, and he pitched the idea that we should do a sea monster exhibit. And initially I thought, well, what does that have to do with fishing? And he said, you know, fishermen are the ones who, through the ages, fishermen and sailors have seen these miraculous creatures and created stories and so on that have become part of our myths and legends, and that sea monsters also exist in coastal communities all over the world. And that got the wheels turning. So we created an exhibit called Sea Monsters Real and Imagined, which um, firstly looks at mythical and legendary creatures from uh, the Kraken, you know, that comes from Norse mythology, so Scandinavian people, including Norwegians for sure, uh, Adamaster, which is a Portuguese sea monster. Uh, there's something called the Kawaka Kloon, which is a Cape Verdean sea monster. We found Chinese sea monsters. We found Mayan sea monsters. Mm-hmm. So it was really fun to kind of explore these creatures from all over the world and learn about them. And then there are really strange things actually in the ocean. Um, and the ocean is apparently the least explored part of our Earth. So we also have had some fun looking at microscopic monsters and some of the creatures that, um, well, that that became the basis for the mythical monsters. So you can imagine a, a giant squid. If you ever actually saw one, you might tell a tale about that that would get exaggerated over time. Sure. And those are real creatures. They really exist. So you had a, a big aha night uh, in July where sea monsters were the topic of discussion. We did. We did. We um, we opened the exhibits uh, in our gallery on AHA Night. So um, we had planned to do that. We had three artists whose work is featured in the exhibit. Brian Tillett, who's a commercial scalloper, created um, the ocean as a sea monster, as well as a giant tentacle. Uh, Christina Jacobson de Villiers, Leif Jacobson's daughter, who usually makes really small pieces of art and loves to draw mermaids. I asked her if she could do a giant four by eight foot mural. And so she did a, a mermaids from around the world. And then Eric Durant, who's responsible for the uh, fishing family tribute statue that's down on uh, sort of between City Pier 3 and State Pier, has something called Octopus Attack. So his his sculpture became part of the exhibit as well. So we opened on AHA night, and one of the things we invited people to do, because it was a kids-focused AHA, was to help us create a giant sea serpent. And so over the course of the evening, Families and a lot of kids got involved in adding scales to um, this big orange serpent, which is now suspended in our gallery space. And it's fun. It was just a really fun uh, way to involve the community in the whole thing. Can people still contribute to this uh, exhibit, if you will? Um, Not so much contribute to the exhibit, but there are definitely ways to engage. So we are running a creative writing contest for young people, and um, we'll be putting out more information about that. But um, looking at that sculpture that Eric Durant created, he calls it Octopus Attack. We're inviting kids to come up with a story of what's going on in this this thing. Every month we're having a new Sea Monster of the Month, 
which is a real creature, and we're featuring that and, and doing a lot of education around the, the creature. We mm-hmm. created trading cards um, that are being uh, distributed. They're kind of modeled after Pokemon cards. Um, so on the AHA night, and as long as supplies last, anybody who comes in, well, mostly kids, can get the Monster of the Month card. And then if people want to um, have fun and trade and collect them all, we are selling little packets of cards in our gift shop. And so you get, it's sort of a surprise. You get six cards. You don't know what they are. And uh, hopefully it, it sparks some imagination and some fun. And then we've been doing a lot of things with young people, um, special programs. So we've had little people's college kids come. We had our own campers come. And they've been making up stories. They've been learning about the mythical creatures and um, also making sea creatures out of recycled plastic a little bit of an environmental message. Plastic in the ocean is kind of a sea monster of its own. So we thought it would be fun to inspire these kids to create monsters of their own. And they came up with amazing things. Yeah. So this can all be seen at the Fishing Heritage Center. Uh, give us uh, your hours. Oh, operation. sure. So we're open to the public Thursday through Sunday from 10 until 4. Of course, the second Thursday of every month is AHA night. And we're open later on that night up until 8 o'clock at night. Um, the exhibit will be up at least through the end of the calendar year, and we're probably going to hold it over just because it's been really popular, and, and uh, I think a lot of people will engage it in different ways. And then we will have programs coming up to explore it, um, not just for kids, but also some programs that will appeal, I think, well, to that adults. That was my next comment, mm-hmm. really, because just when you thought you had enough of sea monsters, there is a, ser- a serious presentation about sea monsters. Uh, this is a lot of fun you've had, certainly, and I continue to be fun. But it's coming up on September 14th, 7 p.m., Sea Monsters from Classical Times to the Age of Exploration. It's a free event. It is a free event. It's also on AHA Night. There's a scientist from the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute who's, um, he's an oceanographer, I think, but his secret passion is these ancient maps of sea monsters. And we happened to meet each other, and I mentioned that we were doing this exhibit, and he told me he had a talk all ready to go, and so um, he's going to be giving a talk, kind of looking back at these old maps. I think uh, he'll be showing slides, which will be really interesting. Um, and it is, you know, again, even, well, back back then, people didn't even know the Earth was round, right? So sure. they had a lot to learn. Um, but even today, there's so much that we don't know. So the idea of kind of exploring, um, looking back at history and seeing how people thought and conceptualized the creatures uh, in the deep sea And then we are going to do, we're going to bring back the unusual catch day that we've had over the years because uh, we thought it would be a fun kind of connection where fishermen are pulling up strange things in their nets, sometimes fossils. Um, There is a little section of the exhibit that has uh, some of our fossil collection. Uh, We have a a possible megalodon tooth. Um, Mm -hmm. We have a couple of mastodon teeth. Um, And and kids and and people in general are pretty fascinated by those objects. I can imagine. So, it uh, sounds like uh, a lot of fun with the sea monsters. You're listening to Town Square Sunday. I'm Jim Phillips. My guest is Laura Orleans, director of the New Bedford Fishing Heritage Center. Thursday, August 10th, is music night at the Fishing Heritage Center. And... Uh, First sea monsters, now sharks come cruising. <laughs> so the sharks come cruising are a Providence-based band. Um, this legend has it that yeah. they were watching Jaws one day. They were kind of like a punk rock band, and they thought, what if we did sea shanties that were kind of more rock and roll um, mm-hmm. oriented? So they've been described um, as a, with sort of in reference to a whole bunch of kind of punk rock bands. Um, but they're really fun-loving um, 
now they have uh, kids of their own, so they've toned it down a little bit, I will say. It'll be out in the parking lot. It won't be too, too loud, but it'll be a lot of fun. They often will bring like a pointer and a list of the lyrics and people can sing along. And <laughs> it's just, um, I, I think it'll be uh, just an, an enjoyable evening. Hopefully the weather cooperates and it'll be a nice uh, opportunity for people to stop inside and see our main exhibit more than a job and also visit the Sea Monster exhibit and pick up that uh, free trading card on that evening. Um, more than a job, uh, let's refresh uh, people's memories about sure. that. Uh, that's been up for a while. More than a job opened to the public in 2021, so it's a couple of years old. But there's so much to see in that exhibit. Um, people are, are kind of surprised, I think, in a small space how much uh, material we can pack in. There are 60 audio clips that you can listen to, each lasting a couple of minutes. So if mm-hmm. you did that, you'd be there for over an hour just sure. doing that part. Sure. Um, and these are audio clips that are from oral histories that we've done over the years, some of them really fun stories that fishermen tell about the workplace pranks that they play on the new guy and kinds of storms and close calls they've been involved in. Also, you can hear from fishing families. You can hear from immigrants who've come from all over the world to find work. And so it's just a really great way to have a direct encounter with people in the fishing community. Um, What we're trying to do in that exhibit is a lot, um, but it's mainly we want to educate people as to where their seafood comes from and who are the people that make that possible. So more than a job, the title came from the idea that fishing is really more than just a way of making a living. Certainly it is that, but it's also a a community and a culture and a way of life. Now, uh, you know, I'm amazed always by the number of ideas that come streaming through that center every couple of months when we talk and every time we talk, really. Um, uh, Where do these come from? Do they come all from you? No. (laughs) No. Or do you do a lot of research, see what other people are doing? Um, A little bit of research. You know, a lot of it is a volunteer or another staff member or somebody from the fishing community will just say something or come up with an idea or say, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, have you ever thought of doing this? We're very collaborative, I think, in the way that we program. Um, And for me, the fishing story has so many hooks. No pun intended, or maybe pun intended. <laughs> sure. Um, but I often it's, describe it's it, intended. right, it's pun fine. intended. I often describe it as one of those prisms where you can turn it, and every time you look, you know, maybe a kaleidoscope, there are so many um, ways to think about it. Sure. You can think about the food, the history, the politics, the environment, um, the cultures and, and ethnicities that are involved. Um, so many different ways to, to spin it. And so um, once you start to do that, Uh, And then you think about program models, like we could show a film, we could have a concert, we could have a talk, we could have a tour. It's easy and fun. And um, it's, I think that it's important to think about the many different ways that people might uh, connect with the story. Because even if you don't eat seafood, um, I mean, that's the easiest way to connect, right? Through your stomach. Um, But even if you're not a seafood lover, uh, there are still so many parts of our culture that are influenced by, by fishing and the world of fishing. Well... We finally come to the big enchilada, Laura. Uh, the big enchilada is uh, the major fundraiser for the New Bedford Fishing Heritage Center, and uh, it is called the Seafood Soiree. Uh, it's being held this year, 5.30 to 7.30. Um, the date, September... 19th. 19th, I'm sorry. Yeah. September 19th. Seafood Soiree, 5.30 to 7.30 at Cisco Breweries. So tell us about this year's event. Absolutely. So the Seafood Soiree kind of has taken on a life of its own. It is our annual fundraiser. 
it is the best food you're going to have at any gala, hands down. So um, provided you like seafood. Yeah. Um, so we do, um, we're by the good graces of Steve Silverstein, we are once again um, at Cisco's. We're going to have a slightly bigger uh, footprint than we've had in the past. So we do set up a tent. Um, it's an outdoor event, weather permitting. The sides will be up and people can roam the whole property there. Um, and we do in, uh, include Steve's uh, chef, his executive chef, Josh, Josh Riazzi, is always part of it. But he allows us to bring chefs from all of all of the restaurants in the area. So we anticipate having at least a dozen chefs involved. Wow. Uh, seafood is often donated by the industry. The chefs go to town coming up with a signature uh, dish for the evening. And um, I don't yet know. I can't tell you what the menu is because they're still um, thinking about what they're going to have. Crafting but I. It. Yeah, I will tell you that we're really um, intent on on sort of presenting the wide variety of seafood that's harvested here in New Bedford. And so that includes everything from crab and eel to scallops and fish uh, to clams, you know, all of it and uh, and lobster, of course. Um, and it's just it's a smorgasbord. Guests are invited to sample um, from all of these um, different chefs and restaurants. And then uh, you also get a couple of drinks um, and the drinks at Cisco are wonderful. Um, that's, that comes from the bar there. Uh, there's live music. There's a little fluke and flounder chance auction, which is fun. It's, you know, where you buy the tickets and you put them in the little sure. buckets and have a chance to win. And then it's also the night that we kick off an online auction opportunity. And so we usually have oh, 50 or so really interesting items and experiences for people to bid on. And that goes till the end of the month. Yeah. Um has that been posted yet? Is that, is that up on, on all of it's on our website? Can... We haven't yet posted the items for the, this year's auction because, again, we're still gathering those. Sure. But I can tell you from previous years, you know, you might win uh, the opportunity to go out lobstering with a working lobsterman. You know, so unique things like that or take a behind the scenes tour of the seafood auction. Um, so there's seafood related things and then the usual things, boarding tickets and um, pieces of artwork and uh um, massages and, you know, all the, sure. the things that people often are auctioning off. But it is it is very, very, very essential to us in terms of raising money to, to support the center's work every single day to tell the story of fishing. Uh, and tickets are on sale right now. Tickets are on sale. You can purchase them online through Eventbrite. I think most people are familiar with that site. If you Google Seafood Soiree Eventbrite, it'll come up. If you prefer to purchase them by mail or, you know, stop into the center, we take, you know, cash check card. Um, and you can come when we're open. Uh, you can also call the center at 508-993-8894. And one of our staff would be happy to take a credit card over the phone um, or give you, you know, answer any sure. questions you might have. Sure. Um, and um, so, as we said, tickets are on sale now. Also, if you would like to donate to the New Bedford Fishing Heritage Center, um, how do people do that? To donate money. Money. Yeah. To donate. Um, we like money. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, yes. You can donate uh, by going on our website, which is fishingheritagecenter.org. And uh, there's a, a support tab on the menu, and there's a place to donate from there. Um, and, and we really do appreciate donations. I will also say we're always looking for volunteers. So if you are able to donate money, that is incredibly helpful, and we're, we're very grateful for any support at any level. If you can donate time and expertise, we're also looking for that always, and we can find a place for anybody. We often say we will take you every every week, once a month, once a year to help with an event. So, you know, whatever your interest is. We also should mention that we now have an archivist on staff. 
He started a couple of weeks back, and uh, he's working half-time helping us organize our growing collection. And that's uh, an area where we will definitely be looking for volunteers to help um, with the cataloging process. And there's a lot of, you know, sort of backstage work that happens uh, to keep an archive up and running and get it organized. Do you have enough room? <laughs> do you need a bigger building? We do need a bigger building. Um, we are uh, trying to figure out how to make that happen down the road. Um, we love our location in so many ways. It's, you know, it's really nicely situated, very close to the Whaling Museum and National Park and parking garage, not too, too far from the waterfront. Um, but we are outgrowing that space. It is, um, it is tight. We're, um, yeah. We've kind of increased staff and um, we're, some people work opposite schedules and so on, but it, it's... Um, busy and it's a fun place and uh yeah we <laughs> if anybody has a building they want to donate definitely <laughs> give us a call <laughs> so and anything else worth you're working on perhaps uh, briefly that we could anything else we're working on we're ta- i mean well you know i can say that we're talking about uh future exhibits we haven't settled yet exactly on what comes next but we are thinking about a sword fishing exhibit um sword fishing was a really important fishery uh, back uh, back in the day, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there it lends itself to some interesting opportunities. There are people who've done almost like scrimshaw on the swordfish bills, so there's an artistic component. There are aerial photographs that spotter planes have taken. There are certain families, the Avila family here out of New Bedford, sure. the Vanderhoop family on the vineyard, you know, who've been really involved in sword fishing. Linda Greenlaw, probably the most famous woman fisherman, was the sword fishing captain. Uh, during the perfect storm. So I think lots of angles, and, and uh, we're, we're thinking about that. We'll see about that. Mm-hmm. Okay. My guest has been Laura Orleans, director of the New Bedford Fishing Heritage Center on Bethel Street in the Historic District. Thanks so much for coming in, Laura, and good luck with the soiree. We'll talk again in October. Thank you so much. Stay with us. Town Square Sunday will continue in just a moment. 